Welcome to the Byesville Assembly of God podcast. We are a church of connection with God, with people, and our community. Join us each week for powerful messages from God's Word presented by our lead pastor, Dustin Dyke. And now, this week's message. As we start out today, I want to share a story. A man applied for a job as a handyman. And the prospective employer asked, can you do carpentry? The man answered, no, I can't do carpentry. And he said, okay, no problem. Well, how about bricklaying? And again, the man answered, no. Well, the employer asked, well, how about electrical work? And again, the man said, no, I have no idea how to do electrical work either. And finally, the employer said, well, you applied for a handyman position. You can't do anything handy. Can you tell me just what is actually handy about you? And the man replied, well, what's handy about me is that I live just around the corner. (laughs) You know, church, sometimes our availability is one of our greatest abilities that we can have. One of, our, one of the greatest abilities we have is our availability, and that's what we're going to talk about today as we continue our series entitled Church Arise. Church Arise, it's all about the church of Jesus Christ rising up to be all that God has called us to be. And last week, we talked about how there are difficult things happening in the world today, And there is much talk about the end times. But we should be people who are filled with hope because we know that Jesus is coming soon. Now today, we're going to focus on another important area of the church rising up to be all that God has called us to be. And that is the point of being available to God uh, no matter what way God wants to use us. See, if we're not available to God for Him to use us, then we're not really rising up to be all that God has called us to be. I've pretty much found it funny in my life because part of being available to God is not necessarily what we think being available to God means. For instance, for me, I've told God that I'm available to do anything that he's asked me to do, but I've found that he's called me into situations in which I do not feel equipped or ready for. Okay, most of you know that I'm a musician and I began at this church as worship and youth pastor. When I was eight years old, my worship pastor came up to me and asked me if I wanted to learn how to play the guitar. And so I said, "Eh, it's not my favorite instrument, but oh, I mean, if you're going to teach me, sure, we'll go for it. So he taught me how to play acoustic, electric, and bass guitar for the next five years. And after that five years, my lessons ended. I wasn't really feeling like I wanted to continue on. I really didn't pick up the guitar much after that. It, was, it just was what it was. From ages 8 to 13, I learned this skill, but little did I know that I learned a skill that would become a part of my skill set for much longer than I even realized. Because when you're that young, ages 8 to 13, that's a pretty formative time in your life. And a lot of things that you learn during that period of time, you bring with you for the rest of your life. For instance, many people say, Oh, it's just like riding a bike, because when you learn how to ride a bike when you're young, you remember it most of the time for the rest of your life. Well, I think part of that could have to do with the fact that that's in your early formative years. When I was in my second year of Bible college, I was asked to lead worship for one of the traveling worship teams in our college. We led worship all over the place in Wisconsin Northern Michigan District for the Assemblies of God. We lead worship for groups of 10 to 15 students at times. And a few times we led worship in front of, you know, around a thousand. It just depended on where we were at and what we were doing. But at the beginning of my second year, I was putting together the worship team. 
I put together a team where we had a singer and uh, two other, uh, typically two other singers than myself, and a drummer, and an electric guitarist, a bassist, a keyboard player, and so on and so forth. But the problem was, was that leading worship from the piano or keyboard was my comfort zone. That was where I was comfortable at. And I'll be honest with you, that's still where I'm most comfortable at when I lead worship. And I had someone else on the team already interested in doing that. And so there didn't seem to be a place for me. I thought, what is this? There doesn't seem to be a place for me on the team that I'm leading. This is so odd. <laughs> but the only instrument left was acoustic guitar. I was trying to think, what else can we add to this worshiping? Acoustic guitar was the only thing left. I was frustrated, but the director of the school asked if I'd be willing to play acoustic guitar and to lead worship from that. And I said yes, but I told her that I wasn't very good. I said, listen, I just played from ages 8 to 13. It's, I'm not too good. But she asked if I'd be willing to do it, and I said, okay, but I'm going to have a lot of work to do, okay? This is not going to be, she's like, oh, you're fine, you're, you're good. I said, no, you don't realize I've got some practice to do. And so I picked the guitar back up, and I quickly realized after just, you know, a, a few days of playing that I really had not lost much of what I had learned in those five formative years back when I was in elementary school. Now, I know that it may not seem like a big deal to those who are not musicians, but listen, musicians know their limitations, okay? If a musician says they can do something or can't, they typically know what they're talking about, but it was odd because I was wrong that time, and I was able to pick it up, and I was able to lead, and I began practicing more of the chords that I would be playing with the worship team and ended up doing just fine. But God called me out of my comfort zone, and I told God that I was available. I wasn't very happy about being available in the, at the onset, but God was able to use me in a way to lead worship in a way that I really wasn't expecting to do that school year. See, when we're available to God, we don't always know what that means in the moment, but we have to be available to God so that we can do all that he's called us to do. One of the biggest things that we know God called us to do is reach other people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 28 verse 19 is what we know as the great commission from Jesus. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. See, we must be available to God on any given day as we go throughout our day and our week. And God will speak to us on different occasions, but it's up to us what we do with that. Do you believe that today? We can hear God speak to us, but we need to be obedient when he asks us to do something. It's one thing to hear God, but it's a whole different ballgame to follow through. It's one thing to hear God, but it's a whole different ballgame to follow through. I think it's very important that we hear God, and not only when we hear God, but we should be obedient to what God is calling us to do when we hear him. Oh, it's a very I, I hear you are talking about hearing oh. God. Oh, this is so perfect. This is wonderful, wonderful. Oh, Hello, Dr. Pastor Dustin. Hello, Dr. people. Hello. I am Dr. Rubenstein, oh. Dr. Meher Shalahalashbash Rubenstein. It is good to see you. Good to be here. Man. So it is good. I hear you were talking about hearing God. It is very good because I have created in my laboratory a wonderful invention to help us all hear God. Is that some good? Yeah. Yes, wow. yes, yes. Very good. Dr. Rubenstein, it's been so long. I'm glad you're back with us. Yes, yes. It's been yes. a long time. I've been busy in the laboratory. It takes a lot to work on the perfect invention to hear God, you know? Very good. Okay, awesome. so are you ready? Okay, top secret, bottom secret. Okay, all right. Here Let's see this. 
Behold, behold, the hearinator. <laughs> okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. So what I need you to do, if you could uh, come over here, come over here, uh, Pastor okay. Dustin, and you just hold this, and God will talk in the funnel, and it will go into a hearsinator, and I will hear it, and it would be fine. It will, oh, no, no, that's not going to work. That here. is not high enough. Here, 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 perhaps you should get on that. Okay. You go a little better. Little high, you know, God, he's way up there, you know. Oh. Well, we oh. got the ceiling here. I don't know. We might need more help. Oh, yes, part. might need more help. Okay, okay, sorry. So scratch that. Right. I need my assistant. I need my assistant. Right. I, I need Miss Yearboat. Miss Yearboat. Yearboat. Miss Yearboat. Row, row, row your boat. <laughs> Come on. Oh, I was expecting you guys to finish the song, but that's okay. 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 Okay, miss your boat. Don't want to miss your boat. Okay. All right. You take this, okay, and we need good reception, okay? So you may be a little higher. Yes? A li little higher. Okay. A little higher. Yes. A little higher. Yes, yes. Keep going, lady. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that my. was not in the script. Hang on a moment. <laughs> we need what? to put this back together. Oh, my goodness. Here. Oh, years in the laboratory. Look at the crash oh. in a moment. Hang on. Okay. Got that in there. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Hang on. Hang on. That was definitely not in the this script. This isn't looking hopeful. I don't know. This is just, I don't know about this, Dr. Rubenstein. Okay. No, no, no. We got this. I'm a professional. Okay. It's okay. I'd oh, to see that are we still hooked in? Oh, diploma. that is problematic. Hang on. <laughs> okay. Wow. Should, oh, my goodness. Need more duct tape. Okay. Ah, uh, we'll make it work. I we'll, still have my doubts. This is not good. It, 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 oh, hang on. Wait. Uh, we just reconnect this here. Uh, yes, 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 yes. We improvise in the laboratory. We <laughs> improvise. Okay. We just, uh, who needs that? Okay. Okay. All righty. Okay, you're a little higher there. Okay. I just don't huh? think it's going to work. Oh, okay. That's as high as she goes. Okay. All right. Let me get the flux capacitor going. Hang on. Oh, it's working. I don't think so. It's working. I don't. I... Yes. Listen, oh. listen, listen. He's speaking. Hang on. Yes. Oh, oh. Yes. I'm still not buying. Oh, almost. Almost hearing something. Oh, I need help from the congregation. You must stand up. We need antennas, okay? Okay. Okay. Stand up. And what you do, you do your antenna like this first, okay? And then like this. And then like this. Okay, yes. J O Y. Very good. Okay. And, and now stick your leg out at a 45 degree angle. That doesn't help at all. I just wanted to see if you would do it. Okay. 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 All right. I am getting a message from God. I hear it. Okay. Yes, this is perfect. Hang on. How can this even give you a message? That's not... Trust me. I'm a professional. Not, there's no way, Dr. Rubin. I've got my doubts. It just fell apart. We all saw that. No, oh, I don't know yes. That. Yes. No. I'm getting a message from God. I can hear. I can hear it. No, yes, it's working. I don't, I don't quite think so. Oh, yes. yes I don't yes. quite think so. Here, give me that thing. Give me that thing. Hey. Hello. <gasps> Hello. Is that you, God? Please, please turn it off. <laughs> what? 
It ain't working. Oh, no, I, I heard him. You heard him. I heard him. He said to me, I heard him. He said, hello, see? Yes? That was Pastor Dustin speaking. Oh, so maybe if I want to hear God, I should listen to my pastor, huh? That might help. Uh, Okay. Well, I don't know, Dr. Rubenstein. I've got some doubts. You guys can take a seat. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, you're so, so compliant. I'm doubtful that the, uh, the antennas are, are working right what? now. Dr. So, Rubenstein, you can't create something on your own that's going to hear God. That's just not how it works. No? You can't. I mean, it's pretty cool, right? I mean, it's a neat idea and it, stuff, it, but it, you, you hear God by his word, and how else? By, by well... Coming to church and hearing the message from the pastor. And, okay, well, and, even more important than that would be prayer. Yeah, oh, prayer. Spending so, time with God. Yeah, yes. and so a lot of times we try so many different ways to hear from God. Like, I don't know if anyone has ever tried this, uh, but Dr. Rubenstein has. Uh, but we find so many different ways to hear from God, and, and we just got to listen to his word and listen to him as we pray. Ah, okay. So I don't know, Dr. Rubenstein. You're going to need to go back to the lab. and. Oh. Did he put time? A lot of time, a lot of time. Yeah, so and it, and it all went kaput in a moment. Okay, <laughs> but okay, but okay. So what you're saying? I I take time praying to God. I listen to Him, and He speaks to me through His Word. Is through, that right? Through, through His Word. So yes. what you're saying is that the good doctor is should prescribe perhaps massive doses of the Word of God? The Word of God. Yes. Oh, you need massive doses. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> massive doses. Uh-oh. Oops. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Massive, massive doses of the Word of God in the mouth, in the mouth, and in the heart. Okay. All right. I will remember that. The Word of God, not the hearinator. Thank okay. you, Dr. Rubenstein. Can you clap for him today? Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Wow. Goodbye. Good <laughs> Until next time, Dr. Rubenstein. Wow. <laughs> what an adventure. You know, it's not been since about 2020 that he's helped us out with one of his inventions. So glad that he uh, came back today. But it is so true. We, we have so many ways that we try and hear from God. And I feel like I mentioned last week some of those things. For instance, a lot of times we listen to other people and we think that other people are God or at least that they're speaking to us something from God. And you know what? Sometimes God does use other people. But if our main focus is other people or our main focus is YouTube, or any other social media platform for trying to hear from God, we're sadly mistaken because we need to hear from God through His Word, and we need to hear from God through prayer, and it's in that way that we can then be available to God so that He can use us in whatever way He's going to use us. I've found that when I've followed through, when God asks me to do something or say something or whatever, I found it's always typically a blessing for the other person but I always find it a blessing for myself as I am obedient to what God asks us to do as well. You know, one person who was available to God who our focus is going to be today was Joshua, Moses' assistant in the Old Testament. We'll read about him in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. If you can turn there today, I'll be reading out of the English Standard Version, the ESV. You can follow along in the YouVersion Bible app or use the Bibles in the seat backs in front of you. Once again, Joshua chapter 1. Verses 1 and 2. 
This is what we see is the call of Joshua from the Old Testament. This was Moses' assistant that then came to continue the work that God was doing in and through Moses, and then here comes Joshua. So let's take a look in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It's on the screen or it's in your Bibles, and it says this after the, uh, yep, first one. If we can go back to the first one there. There should have been one right before that. There we go. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving them to the people of Israel. All right, point number one is the call of Joshua. See, Joshua is grieving the loss of Moses. He's grieving the loss of Moses. And the Lord was saying something to him during his time of mourning. To, come, to help him to come with grips with reality, God tells him without sugarcoating it. Joshua, he said, Moses is dead. Now, go lead these people into the land that I have for them. See, God wants Joshua to recognize the importance of the role that he's about to step into. He is asking him to lead in place of Moses and bring these people into the land God had for them. And this is a pretty big task. This isn't just a small little ask from God. This is a pretty big deal. <clears throat> Next verse, in verse 5, Joshua 1.5 says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Second point, God is with Joshua. See, God encourages Joshua and tells him that just as God was with Moses, God would be with Joshua as well. Joshua is going to do something that he wasn't doing before, and it was probably pretty intimidating. It was probably a role that he would not have just maybe stepped into by volunteer. It was something that God needed to call him to, and he was available to God, and he had a choice of what he wanted to do with that calling. We all do. When God calls us to do something, we can say, yes, God, okay, I'll follow through, or we can say no. The choice is ours. You know, I have a similar story to Joshua, not that I'm uh, comparing myself to Joshua by any means, but Joshua was a leader in the Old Testament. Um, so again, by no means am I making myself out to be as great of a leader as Joshua, but as far as his calling, his calling resembles that a little bit uh, to mine as far as being the pastor at this church. See, I started out here as youth and worship pastor at the end of 2017. I was hired by our, for by our former pastor, Pastor Joe Summers. Pastor Joe and Crystal were amazing leaders here. They were here almost 15 years, uh, did a remarkable job leading this church, and Good, good friends to us to this day, but I learned much under his leadership. However, God called him to Indiana to be the West Central Indiana Regional Director for FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So he and Crystal moved out there, and they're doing really good. God's blessing their ministry in a great way. But as he moved on in ministry, and then our church was in transition, I had originally told our network superintendent, Pastor Wooten, he was asking me, you know, is this, is this of an interest to you? Do you want to put your name in uh, for lead pastor? And I said, you know what? I'm really not interested in that, but thanks for asking. <laughs> I said, I, I gave him my list of excuses. I told him that no one wanted a 25-year-old lead pastor. I was 25 when our church was in transition, and now I'm 27. And I said, you know, 
what if this happens? And what if this happens? Or what if, what if, what if, and the list goes on. And Pastor Wooten encouraged me to consider if God was calling me. He said, Dustin, if God's not calling you, that's one thing. He said, but if you're just going to list all your excuses, those really aren't meaningful here. He said, if God is calling you, then you should step forward and really consider this. If you're not, then don't, you know, do what God is asking you to do. So he encouraged me to consider that. And if God was surely calling me, then I should take that step of faith. However, if I didn't feel God's call, there's no need to move forward with it. And I told him at that moment that he called me that I had no desire to do such a thing because of X, Y, Z and whatever, all the excuses I had. Well, you know how God works. A few months later, I began having these little nudges in the direction of putting my name in for lead pastor. And then I had more excuses. And see, I, I had this stereotype. Bear with me for a moment. I had this stereotype about youth or worship pastors that moved into the position of lead pastor at the same church. I always just kind of thought that they viewed youth and worship ministry as some sort of stepping stone toward the next opportunity and uh, I want to just warn against that. Um, I, I always thought that that was how they viewed that. And if they moved from youth to lead pastor, that they were trying to work up some sort of totem pole in life. And you know what? I just don't live my life like that. So that wasn't my perspective. Uh, I don't view any area of ministry as a totem pole. And I don't think anyone should or a stepping stone or whatever kind. If you view ministry that way, you'll be distracted with working toward the next opportunity then you'll miss what God wants to do in and through you in your current ministry opportunity. So the way I do life in ministry is if God is calling me to do something, I do it. I step into it. And sometimes it takes a little nudging and sometimes a little nudging more than usual. But I don't look at one position and think, oh, yeah, great. Now that I'm in this role, this if I just look good for a while, then... I can move on to this because then someone will think well of me and it'll just be this climbing thing. And if you're infatuated with position in life, I want to tell you something today. You'll never be satisfied. You'll never be satisfied. You'll go down an endless road of trying to get higher and higher and higher up and it will never end. You, th you might think that the next part of the totem pole is going to be where you think I finally made it. And you're going, I guarantee you, because I've seen this happen with so many people, you're going to get there and you're going to think, well, what's next? I got to get up to here now. And it's just going to keep going on and on and on. It's not just in the ministry world, but it's in the business world as well. You will never get high enough. You will never get high enough. And if you do get to the top of your organization or business or whatever it is, now I'm not saying that it's a wrong thing to move up in the ladder in a business. If God's calling you to do that and God opens the doors of opportunity and you feel God asking you to step through, God blesses people with opportunities like that. And that's a great thing. But if the focus is only I've got to get to the top, then you'll be very dissatisfied. And you'll find that when you do get to the top, you'll find that it's a very lonely place to be when you're at the top and you'll be very dissatisfied. 1 Peter 5 says that if anyone is exalted or lifted up as far as position goes, God is the one who does it. So listen to the sound of God's voice. Follow his leading and trust that he'll guide you where you need to go. Again, the most important thing you can do is to be available to God, and he'll show you what you need to do and where you need to go. 
So when God was nudging my heart in the direction of applying for lead pastor here at this church, I began to listen. I began to take it to heart. I began to sincerely pray about this opportunity. Okay, God, is this what you want me to do? And, and how is this going to work? And that thing and this thing. And as I did so, I gave God my list of excuses and God spoke something to my heart that was the biggest confirmation for me to go ahead and put my name in for lead pastor. God spoke in a still, small voice into my heart. It was not an audible voice, but I knew in my spirit God was speaking something to my heart. And he said this. He said, Dustin, I will give you everything you need for whatever comes your way. Oh, that truth hit me like a ton of bricks. He said, Dustin, I'll give you everything you need for whatever comes your way. I said, God, so that means I don't have to have it figured out because I got a list of things I want to figure out. God said, I'll give you everything you need for whatever comes your way. And God has been faithful in every one of those moments. That's a promise that God gave specifically to me. Now, it's similar to the promise that God gave to Joshua. God said to Joshua in that verse, I will never leave you or forsake you. And God spoke that same type of of promise to me, and I know that he was calling me then to do this ministry opportunity. And I discussed this with a few trusted mentors and accountability partners, and I felt the nudge to put my name in, was faithful to the process, and trusted God for the rest. And of course, as I went through the process, they eventually told me that I was the final candidate for lead pastor at the church, and I was continuing to listen to God's voice and be available to what he would have me do here in this church, what ministries was God asking us to do, and of course, uh, God, was, God was faithful in that. I continued to move forward with that. The church voted me in and so on and so forth, and we're here about a year later. And even after that process is over, I'm still doing my best to be available to God. God, what ministry do you want to do here in our church? What are you calling us to do? What direction are you calling our church to go? All these things I'm constantly praying about and thinking about because I want God to know, God, I'm available to do your will and not mine. God, if I have any ideas for this church, God, let them be in line with your word and let them be in line with what God wants. See, Joshua was available to God, and you know what? God knew that Joshua needed extra convincing that he was going to be with him. So God said to Joshua in verse 6, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7, says, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. And then a few verses later in verse 9, have I, this is God speaking, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you, wherever you go. So much encouragement to Joshua in just the course of nine verses. Point number three is God empowers Joshua. This is completely what I believe that God was doing here as he was speaking to Joshua. Not only did God give Joshua the promise that he will never leave him in verse five, but three more times in Joshua chapter one, he told him to be strong and courageous. God knew the encouragement that Joshua needed and he surely gave it to him. So now Joshua had a choice, a choice to make based on the calling that God gave him. We know in verses one and two, he had the call from God. 
we know in the rest of these verses, God said, be strong and courageous. I'll take care of you. And it's going to be all right. I'll give you whatever you need for whatever comes your way. And so we each have a choice of what we're going to do when God calls us. You can either ignore it or you can say yes. Ignoring it will probably be the most comfortable thing you can do. Ignoring God's call will be the most, well, most of the time, seemingly easy thing to do. I've heard some people say that when I haven't done what God's asking me to do, it's like a fire burning up in my bones, like I need to go and do that. So maybe it's not easy for you if you, you are in that place in your walk with God to, to not do what God's asking you to do. But a lot of times it is difficult to do what God's asking us to do because he wants us to step out of our comfort zone so that we can trust him more, so that we're, we have a test of our faith. And I'm telling you, God will show you more of who he is as you take these leaps of faith. Joshua 1.10, and Joshua commanded the officers of the people. That's the verse. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people. Small verse, but this is Joshua stepping forward, saying, yes, I will do that, God. Point number four, Joshua is available. God called Joshua. God gave Joshua the encouragement, and Joshua decided to be available, and immediately it says that Joshua commanded the officers of the people. He took charge as God had called him to, and it was all about being available. It was all about being available. Now, did Joshua know all the answers to his questions? No, he really didn't. Did God tell Joshua, okay, but hold up here. I need to know this, 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 and that before I do what you're asking me to do? No, we've, we've, never, we've never seen that from him in Scripture. We're never going to know all of the answers to all of our questions. And if we did, we just simply wouldn't be reliant on God anymore. So to not have the answer to one of your questions is probably okay. It's difficult. It's frustrating at times. But it's probably okay. It still helps us to continue to put our faith and trust in God. I remember a year or two ago, uh, Pastor Black needed some help installing some windows at his house. For those who are new here, um, newer to our church, Pastor Black and Karen are uh, from our church, and they uh, are retired military chaplains and uh, um, retired Assembly of God ministers. So they, they're, can you just wave your hand just in case people don't know you? There we go. All right. So he asks me to install some windows with him. Okay? And I told Pastor Black, I said, you know, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing with window installation. I said, I have zero experience with that, and I wouldn't be of much help to you. And he said, you know what? I'm really not looking for your experience. I'm just looking for an extra set of hands if you're willing. I said, okay. He, he knew the job that needed to be done. He saw in me the capabilities that I guess I had, and I didn't know I had them, but he knew that what needed to be done, and he instructed me how to do so. And I did, and I went and I helped him. See, we often sell ourselves short because we don't think that we have all we need to get the job done when the master planner knows what he needs and he knows that you've got it in you and believes that you've got the stuff that you need to get the job done. you just got to be available. So I go over to Pastor Black's house. He's giving me these instructions all day long, and I'm following them, and we get the job done. And your windows look marvelous in your house. <laughs> and I get to say that I had something to do with that, all right? But after we're done, he told me, that he told me something that stuck with me. I thought it was kind of funny. He said that he would have rather had someone like myself with zero experience because he didn't need someone coming in and giving him a bunch of ideas about how they wanted to get the job done. He knew what he needed to do, and he wanted someone with no experience that would not be wasting time with giving suggestions and about how to do it differently. And guess what? I didn't know how to do it differently. <laughs> I had no idea 
We could have been doing it wrong, and I would have said, okay, sounds good. I'll do that here, and I'll put this here. I have no idea. I don't know about you. That almost sounds like a control problem to me. I mean, I don't know. But I'm kidding. I'm going to hear about that. I'm going to hear about it later. But you got to get this. My availability, the, the moral of the story, there is a moral here, okay? The moral of the story is my availability was more important to him than my skill set. And I think there's a deep spiritual truth in that. God isn't looking for you to have it all together in order for you to go and do something great for him. He's simply asking for your availability. You don't have to have your whole life figured out. You don't need to know exactly what your next day, month, or year is going to look like. Just look at the man we started talking about in our message. The man who was the, the, uh, had applied for that job with that handyman. He didn't have anything as far as knowledge on what to do but he had availability he had availability Jesus. God I pray that your church would arise I pray that we would arise to be all that you called us to be I pray that we would be available to you and follow the example that we see in Joshua that we would say yes when you call us that we would be available and say yes I will go where you're calling me to go I will do what you're calling me to do Jesus, help us to be disciple makers in the world around us. Use us in our families, in our friend groups, in our jobs, out in the community. Use us for your glory and help us to lead other people to Christ. Not only with our words, but by the actions that we portray. Use us for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. And we'll see you this Wednesday. Thank you for listening this week. If this program has been a blessing to you, we hope you will reach out and connect with us online at our website at buysvilleag.org or connect with us on our social media platforms. On Facebook, it's Buysville Assembly of God or on Instagram, it's at Buysville AG. Have a wonderful week.